Rochester, New York, the home of Blackfriars Theater, the carousel at Charlotte Park, and several Redbox rentals littering my living room, this is FC3 Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. Starring myself, Chris Frank, the lovely and talented Tanya Metris, and the equally lovely and talented Billy DeTori. Live in Technicolor. And here we are yet again. It's podcast day. And I'm your host, Chris. My hi. <laughs> wow. Uh-oh. Here comes my cat Dora to hopefully not step on the uh, the keyboard and don't step on the keyboard. Oh no! Go somewhere. Thank you. There's you like that? I rubbed some funk on it today. It was oh yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I'm not going stir crazy at all. No. <laughs> None of us are. Yes. How you guys doing? Hi, Chris. Hi, Dan. Hi, Tanya. Producer Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi. You know, that had, I just realized that has almost the same amount of syllables as Lute- yeah, producer, lieutenant, producer, lieutenant, producer, producer Dan. Dan. <laughs> my new name. I love it. I love it. It's so cool. All right. And Miss Tanya working yeah. away over there. How you doing, honey? too bad got my uh my technical glitches that sent me over the edge this morning for work figured out and oh good not too bad so you're um, able to recover that file because i knew you were like screaming oh, about that earlier thank god for um document um restore tool whatever <laughs> yeah the person that was able to get it i did not want to have to recreate that whole document for the different pieces because there's a lot of pieces to an iep and it's most of it's all filled in template-wise that the district does, but then there's um, present levels of performance uh-huh. for academic, social, physical management that staff have to fill in, like a uh, summary narrative for each section. And that was the part that was done in March ah. was missing and the goals. So gotcha. fortunately, they were able to recover it. And yay, thank God for that person. She rocks. <laughs> so. And one less thing you had to stress out about. Oh yeah, no, it was not. So. Billy, Billy, hi Chris, how you doing, Bill? I'm good. We watched Solo today. Oh yeah, oh. what'd you think of it? I, I, I'd seen it before. Susan hadn't seen okay. it, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it again. Yeah. You know, it's a good I, movie. I think it got a, a, a raw deal. I I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. It will it will not appear during our main conversation during this podcast today because well one it's not a sequel two it's really a good movie so i don't think i don't see that. but i gotta tell you i am absolutely loving the posts that you and susan have been making about the little conversations the two of you've been having back and forth about completely disparate topics but you're just enjoying being able to chat with each other yeah <laughs> she goes yeah yesterday she posted hey guess what i'm and i go what I'm reading about, you know, some she's deep into the study, the Corona study stuff. And right. And she told me what she's reading about. And I go, I'm reading about the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, hey, something the else. Monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also blah, 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 blah. And I go, I'm recommending people. <laughs> people go check out the fried chicken at the House of Blues in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's phenomenal. So we keep and you guys just take each other in stride. I love it. Yeah, you no, know, she she's the one that that's smart enough to let me know what's going on in the world, and I'm the one silly enough to keep her from letting it overwhelm her. So, mm-hmm. 
hey, you know, that that's a good team right there. So it's something. We haven't driven each team. other that crazy yet, so. <laughs> Daniel-san, focus power. Oh, yes. How are you guys over there? We're surviving. I'm just weird not leaving the house. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to work and with two kids trying to get them to do their stuff and mm-hmm. yeah. Now, it's, have you have you left the house at all? Just to go to the store. Okay. So, I've been to Wegmans and Home Depot a couple times mm-hmm. here and there, but got to take out a couple times cuz, you know, you need something to different. Right. Exactly. <laughs> do you actually we've done that also. We've been to Wegmans a couple times, but Mm-hmm. Susan is so deep into it, she's not sure what she thinks about takeout, whether she trusts restaurants, even though I'm sure they're all of them are doing their best. Like, we actually got some wings from someplace, and we wound up putting them back in the oven for a while mm-hmm. to, I don't know, bake the corona out of them. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but it made them less enjoyable for me. So I'm wondering... Does, yeah. does takeout from restaurants scare you at all? Or? Uh, our really. only takeout we've had has been McDonald's and Chinese. <laughs> we we there was a couple of days where we lived on takeout just because we didn't have anything in the house at the moment, or we had plenty of stuff in the house, but we just had no willpower. Yeah, right. Yep. Whereas you know, I because I still work, mm-hmm. right? I'm an essential employee of the city, so I'm out and about all day long. And I got home and Jules had been working on schoolwork all day. Her boyfriend's been staying with us on and off. And, uh, and he's just like, he, he was brain dead. So the three of us just looked at each other and said, screw it, we're ordering pizza. You know, or, or we're ordering Moe's Southwest or whatever uh-huh. the case may be. And everybody's, you know, they've handled it very, you know, very well. I don't, I have not had a bad experience so far about it. I mean, not that we've done it every night, but, you know, we, it's been good. It's been yeah. good. I'm not too stressed out about that. Yeah. I, you know, these people are trying to survive. Their businesses are trying to survive. So suddenly they, you know, let something slip and, um, you know, God forbid somebody gets infected with the virus because of somebody screwed something up. Then, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, I I can't imagine they'd be willing to risk that. So they're doing the best they can, especially the small and local restaurants and everything. Exactly. If, if people can, if people can swing it, I highly recommend to reach out to one of your mom and pa shops and, and mm-hmm. order some takeout from them at least once or twice every so often, just to kind of let them know that they, you're still thinking about them. The, so. there, right. there is a rumor yes. that um, Selena's might be back doing takeout at the end of the month. Oh, nice. Cool. So They figured out how to do it. They're, they're working on figuring out how to do it. Um, Good for them. Deanna I mean, was the one that um, sent me an email stating something about that she got an email because she must be on their email list or something. Mm-hmm. That they were trying to get the logistics in order for them to um, do like uh, make your own tacos at home. But they'd give you like some of it would be already cooked up and prepared. And then you assemble and stuff at home mm-hmm. or something along those lines. I'm not 100%. Yeah, exactly. I've seen a couple of places do things like that. Yeah, they kind of assemble your own yeah, meal kind of thing. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so Sean's like, as I mentioned it to Sean, Sean's like, until they put um, either one of those fried bologna sandwiches in from Knox or the Vlad Cool stuffed peppers, he goes, yeah, I like tacos, but if they can slide one of those in, he goes, I want one of those. I'm like, yeah, I know. But, but he's been order. He orders Grubhub or DoorDash almost every night. Um, hmm. 
So he's been getting stuff. And he said everyone that um, he's got has been um, really good with it. And um, I've gotten McDonald's a couple times for the kids. And um, I got Olive Garden one day where they just walked out to the car and put it in the um, window of mm-hmm. my um, passenger seat. I, we had already paid everything online. And then um, Sunday, my mother-in-law wanted to order Outback. So mm. um, instead of me going down to get it, they delivered. And he okay. came with a mask on, and then I just pulled my hoodie up over my um, nose so I could take everything from him. And mm. it really wasn't it wasn't bad. And, so. It's definitely different times now. Yeah. Different yeah. things. It's kind of crazy. I'm looking forward to uh, coming out the other side of it. Of course, I'm, I was you know saying because – I had a chance to chat with Sybil uh, just recently, just today, as a matter of fact. And uh, you were saying, hey, you know, when, when everything is said and done and the all clear is signaled, then we're going to have to have a proper, everybody get back together again so we can all see each other and interact and catch up properly. Um, and then we made the, the corollary comment that, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait because there's going to be an all clear sounded and then everybody's going to rush to get back together again and there's going to be a second wave of this nonsense and then we'll have mm-hmm. to go back in isolation again. Mm-hmm. So it'll be after the second time that we'll, right. we'll, we'll throw a party just to make sure that at that point it's everything is is uh, is is good and in order. Right. You kind of need a slow, slow ease back into it. You can't just jump into it. Yeah, Thanks. seriously. Um you know, and then there's all those people that are protesting to to force the reopening of things. I just I, I don't have a comment on that right now, but you can tell just by the tone of my voice, I probably already do. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Well, right. It's like this afternoon, I um ran out to get McDonald's for the boys, but I um stopped at Walmart because we needed some stuff in the house. Um, and I'm like, I really didn't want to fight Wegmans or whatever, so I'm like, I'll just run to Walmart, grab the stuff. And of course, I had my mask on, and most of uh, most people in there did have masks on, and they did do the the six feet. But then mm-hmm. there were I saw a couple employees that didn't have masks on that were sitting like as you were leaving. They're like ones that usually check the receipt. I mean, they had it on, but it was like tucked underneath their chin. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. So they didn't necessarily have it wearing it all the time. Yeah, because that's effective. Yeah, but I'm just right. Like, it, works, it works just as well that way, don't then, you know? But then there were um, customers in there that a husband and a wife or a boyfriend or girlfriend, I don't know what they were. The guy mm-hmm. had the mask on, the girl didn't. And I'm just like, mm. and I'm like I know that they, some places, like my mother-in-law said on um, Friday when she went to Target, she had to get her um, prescriptions from the CVS in there. That uh, mm-hmm. they were saying that the security was starting there to remind people that the next day that they, in order to be let in, they needed to have masks on. Mm-hmm. So I know Target weren't going to let anybody actually in unless you had a mask on. When I picked up my pizza at Salvatore's, they say, you know, no mask, no service type of thing. You know, mm. a big sign on the door. You know, I need a mask to go walk in the door. So, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, you know, let's do what we have to right now to, you know, get past this. So, Right, and then you know, survive this, and then figure out the rest. Right, working or any mask isn't going to kill me for a little while. No, hopefully, seriously, do the right thing once in a while; it won't kill you. Yeah, so I had um, mailed. Less chance it's going to kill you. I had mailed two of the N95 masks to my parents in Florida because um, they didn't have access to get any down there, Um, and they're flying home on May 14th. So. They're they're saving their two N95 masks for when they fly home. Um, they mm-hmm. were supposed to come home on the fifteenth, but um, 
their direct flight was canceled and they now would have had to fly from Orlando to Baltimore, change planes in Baltimore and then fly into Rochester. Um, they have opted not to do that and they now have a direct flight to Buffalo um, on May 14th. So I have to go get them on May 14th. <laughs> but I don't mind going to get them. I'll just have to make sure I have my mask too. So when uh, um, I first meet up with them before they can uh, decontaminate and hand, hand wash and sanitize their hands and things like that and everything. But otherwise they don't have any way to get from Buffalo back to Avon. So. Modern Amia, it's just it's yeah. just amazing what we have to go through. Billy, I'm I'm almost half inclined to have Susan jump on and give us like a. a She's corona actually briefing, downstairs. Briefing. I'm upstairs. There was something she wanted to uh, watch on the television, so I took the laptop uh-huh. upstairs, and so she's okay. Downstairs. That's yeah. safer that way. <laughs> That's why I was a few minutes uh-huh. late. Okay. No worries. No worries. All right. Here's here's the thing. So we're gonna ju- we're gonna take a quick break in a moment, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about this week's topic. And this week's topic is we, we're 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 all a little pent up at the moment. We're all a little frustrated because of things. We're all a little. So we're gonna take it out on really bad movies. In particular, we're gonna talk about some of the worst sequels ever to be made. Now. On this list, obviously, won't be Empire Strikes Back, because that's one of the best sequels ever made. Aliens, also an amazing sequel. Um, Lots of great sequels out there, lots of continuations of great stories. But then there's also Weekend at Bernie's 2. That was one of mine. That exists. Okay, see you guys. Talk to you later. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's all right. I've got plenty more. And also, I I just want to throw up, when when I was thinking about these sequels, To me, it's not just Uh the worst because it's easy to go, you know, Friday the 13th part 42. But to me, there's also ones that were disappointing, ones that you'd hoped would be more, that would be a good movie. You you went in hoping for a good movie and they just weren't. So I've got a couple of those on my list. No, they're not the worst Mm -hmm. movies ever, but they're not good and they should have been. So that's my thought. So after the break, we'll definitely be talking a little bit more about that. Okay, sounds good. So yeah, we're quick break, and when we return, we're off to the races bashing some bad movies. Sometimes you have such a great movie that you want to savor the story even further. You want to see what happens next. Uh, Either it's the story, the universe that it's set in, uh, the characters in particular. Maybe it's just there was a nuance or or maybe there was just a cliffhanger that you didn't expect or, or something, a question that was left unanswered. You want to see what comes next. Some of the great sequels out there, as I mentioned earlier, Aliens, Um Star Trek Two, uh, the 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 whole uh, Harry Potter series is a sequel, basically, if you think about it. And they were all great movies. They're all re- an evolution of characters. Uh, but then there's also 
something where you just basically they took it out, they dusted off, they slapped the number two at the end of it, and you have to you, you leave the theater wondering why the hell did they do that? Those are the movies we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> and it's funny because um, I've been bebopping on Google while okay. we started this, and it's funny because in the corner under like my notifications now things are coming up venom too and something else <laughs> like all these movie notifications are starting to show up in the corner oh, nice. of my screen <laughs> because but, google pays attention to everything you say right but it's funny because so now since we're talking about the worst sequels ever whatever mm -hmm. made we'll need to go and do when the sequel's better than the original Oh yeah, down the road, absolutely. Yeah, I want to talk about stuff like that because oh, yeah, yeah, there there are a couple of great. There were a couple of great movies that were just Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> there were a couple of movies that were just better than the original, absolutely. So that's definitely a podcast waiting to happen out there. So who wants to start off? Who wants to pick a movie and and let's let's hash at it. Well, I'll I'll just jump in and let you guys start, it. and that because I'll let you know if I've seen it or not. Okay. Because that then I can put my two cents in because Okay, I've got I'll start with one lot. of the worst one one of the few movies I ever walked out on. Anchor Anchorman Two. Okay. Yeah. Really? Now I, I will be I'll I'll be upfront. I've never seen either of those movies because because it's it's Will, Will Ferrell, Ferrell and he is a he just doesn't it, put, do it for me. Right? I don't find me, I don't find to, him that funny. To be honest, me either, but Paul, my buddy Paulie wanted to go, and uh, okay. I saw the first one on cable originally, and it made me laugh. You know, it, it wasn't a classic. Okay, but uh, one day we had off from work, and Paulie said, "Hey, do you want to go to the movies?" Sure. What do you want to see? And he loves Anchorman, so Anchorman too. All right, and it was so bad okay. that even as a fan, he want he like looked at me. Uh -huh. Do you want to stay or do you want to? Leave? Yeah, let's leave. <laughs> wow it was just awful see yeah. even paulie wanted out well see the thing is um anchorman and anchorman 2 wouldn't even like make my radar to even go to the movies mm -hmm. for that yeah that's a and, thing and i've gone to some bad movies or things that i wouldn't necessarily be in my genre like rambo like last blood or whatever the one it was because it's the one that just came out uh, a couple months ago. Oh yeah, it's not in last my blood, I think. last blood. It's not yeah. in my wheelhouse. But I went because I knew my friend Sean would like to see it, and he's gone to movies that I like to see that it's not necessarily in his wheelhouse. So, but I truly like went for the popcorn and hid my face in his shoulder for a good portion of the movie. But like <laughs> Anchorman would be one that I wouldn't. Not even the amount of popcorn could tempt me to go. <laughs> so, so noted. So noted. So that's my my two cents on that. All right, all right. So yeah. Anchorman two. Um, and what? Well, and okay. So okay, Billy, well, throw, throw the another same one out sort there. Sort of stupid comedy. Just because you mentioned it before the break, and I did see it, and I saw it at the theater. Weekend at Bernie's two, which. I know. Uh, <laughs> Why? He's already dead. Made me laugh where the two live guys had to pretend their their boss was still alive, and they, you know, the, the bit. And, right. and the second one, they, I don't even remember how what? long. 
Oh, I okay. have it. I have the write up in front of me for it. After witnessing the murder of their corrupt boss, Bernie Lomax, yep. played by Terry Kaiser, yeah. apparently an Oscar award-winning performance, Larry Wilson and Richard Parker, uh, played by Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman, respectively, are blamed for Bernie's embezzlement and, and are fired. Fired. Okay. Desperate to find the stolen $2 million and clear their names, the pair learns the fortune was hidden in the Virgin Islands and travels there in pursuit. Meanwhile... Oh boy. Brace yourselves. I'm reading. Ber- it. <laughs> Bernie's corpse is partially revived yes. in a voodoo ceremony by gangsters <laughs> also looking plays, for the money. He like, just... starts walking and dancing. <laughs> that I remember. Come on. How is this not I, a hit movie? Come on. I, my sister and I went to go see it on her birthday, oh whatever year it came out, and she wanted to see it. So uh-huh. we went to we went to Fridays for dinner, and ate way way too much. And I was so sick watching uh-huh. that movie, not because of the movie, but because I'd eaten a huge meal followed by the world's biggest ice cream sundae. <laughs> that literally had a piece of chocolate chip pie stuck in the middle of the ice cream sundae. Oh dear! Wow! Can you believe I have diabetes? <laughs> okay, it's. <laughs> it's it it yeah, boggles the, my imagination on a regular basis. Every time you bring the movie it up, it was terrible. And it, it but at the time, I think my tolerance was a little <laughs> less likely to care because I Greater. still remember sort of laughing or whatever. Yeah, well, probably just the stupidity of it. Ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my god! But eighty-six percent of Google users liked the movie. Oh, well, there you have it, because Google never lies. Oh, Maronamia, that's amazing. Dan, how about you, man? Do you have one? Um, We could go with Caddyshack 2. That works. Caddyshack (laughs) definitely would would qualify for me. Bill Murray wasn't in that one, was he? I don't don't think any of them were in that, were they? I, I... Um... Until you had mentioned it, I'd forgotten that the movie was even made. Yeah, is that, it's that bad. Cast Chevy Chase, okay, t- Jackie Mason, oh, Dan Aykroyd, okay. Randy Quaid, Robert Stack. I think Randy Quaid stepped in for the Bill Murray role. He was no, Peter I, I, I think Dan Aykroyd was probably uh, the Bill Murray role. I, or some, or Jackie Mason was the Harry Rodney Dangerfield stand-in. Yeah. Jesus. You know, yeah. Why? Whenever you ask why, the answer is because the first one made a lot of money. Yeah. That's basically it, isn't it? This is the exact same formula, and Uh it's no purpose. Okay, this one was 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. Whoa. Yikes. And as long as we're going Saturday Night Live cast, Blues Brothers 2000. Now, remember, the first one came out in 1978. And then all of a sudden in 1999, not even 2000, Blues Brothers 2000 came out. They were even Mm. off by the year. Uh, The the music is phenomenal. I just rewatched it within the last couple months uh, because I I had the music in my head. And the musical performances are fantastic. But the movie is awful. 
Well, that's the thing yeah. is Dan Aykroyd wouldn't allow the music to be bad. I don't think, but mm-hmm. but I think they they just I don't know why what the it, impetus and to it's create that well, movie would have been again money. Uh, but Belushi had been long dead. And a, a bunch of years ago, John Landis, the director, right. was on Brother Weeze's show in studio with us. And I actually asked him about that. Mm-hmm. And he said at one point there was a, a way different script, but the studio kept butting in. They, in. they inserted the little kid into the movie. And at one point oh, then, Jesus, yeah. you know, they mm-hmm. made a bunch of script changes to make it a PG movie instead of an R-rated movie. At which point, Dan Aykroyd, who had written the original uh-huh. script in Landis, put in a bunch more music to sort of offset the terribleness of the movie. <laughs> its budget was thirty-one million dollars. It made fourteen um, million it, at the box office. I guess that brings up that brings up a valid question. That would be something worth discussing, maybe even you know later today or in, in a future podcast. How many movie premises were really, really good, but got screwed up by somebody in a suit who didn't know what they were talking about? You know, because it sounded the way you're describing it, it really sounded like maybe the the second Blues Brothers movie could have been something pretty special. Maybe maybe not Lightning in a Bottle Part Two, but you know, something really nice and worth noting. But then the studio gets involved, and now they have some sort of formula in their head they're trying to make it work in. So they mm-hmm. just and yeah. Well, Kevin Smith work. has also told some some anecdotes over the years of how the studio has tried to meddle in in some of the movies he's made, and and mm-hmm. and other. I've heard other. Uh, directors talking about that, so it brings up a valid point. I mean, some of these movies we're probably going to take a crack at. Um, we're we're outside the, you know, the, the 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 sway of the director, the writer, the cast, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. a thing. So that's a good point to make, at least. So, and then, of course, there's yeah. some movies that were just shit Bad. to begin with. <laughs> yeah, like, like Academy Four, Citizens on Patrol. Well, there's that. <laughs> um, how about how many now? How about Look Who's Talking? They, yeah. They, yeah. Great fun first movie. How many others? They made two more. At, at least two, two more. more. Look Who's Talking 2 and Look Who's Talking Now or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, looking at, I'm looking at a list of the 50 worst sequels ever. And Look Who's Talking Now is a 93. And are Look Who's Talking 2 is a... Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, I am. Okay. Why, are you also? <laughs> yes. Okay, so you see Caddyshack 2 and then you see Escape Plan 2, right? Okay, so... I mud on the mias. So yeah. There's one that I kind of have to to disagree with that it was a worst movie sequel maybe in regards to the plot, but they have okay. Sister Act 2 back in the habit. As, okay. Uh, uh, one of the worst movie sequels. I found that still to be fun and enjoyable. Probably not I did as strong, I, I probably it, not it as was a fun first one. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's a, a it's a horrible sequel. The story was weaker, and I think like with Blues Brothers two thousand, the story was weak, but the music and the kids made up for it because mm-hmm. the big singing competition at the end was it was I, I feel like the entire movie was written just to have that scene, pretty much. That's what it feels like. Yeah, I've to never me, seen that one. Yeah, I mean, it, if if you like the first, you'd probably like the second, but it, yeah, because it wasn't. It didn't stand out by itself, kind of thing. But yeah, I, mean, I believe it was the first movie that Lauren Hill was ever in. And she got to she got to sing because that's mm-hmm. what Lauren Hill does, and she does it really, really well. She's an amazingly talented singer, mm-hmm. um, so she got to kind of shine there in that big finale at the end. Uh, and I and and that, that's kind of like I think there's a lot of 
movies that exist just to be a vehicle for one scene in particular. <laughs> I, I'm and, and on my list of things to talk about. This I'm going to segue into uh, into Revenge of the Sith. Well, before because... we do that, the, Rotten Tomatoes gave Sister Act Two a seven percent. Oh God! Oh, that's yeah. painful. <laughs> wow! Wow! I mean, good. I would have. I, I would give it a couple stars just for the competition because the, the the performances were so wonderful. No, I, I don't know. But like I said, the rest of the movie was eh. We're a sister act. Did any of you guys, speaking of like yeah. musical comedies, so. I, I liked the first couple Pitch Perfect movies. Susan and I uh, tried watching Pitch Perfect 3 and couldn't make it five minutes in. It, it, I, I watched them all. I mean, by the time it, the, it gets old. Yeah, it, it's like it's getting really old in regards to like the Bellas and things like that. It's like they have. To Is that the same formula every movie? Pretty much happens in whatever, and yeah. it's a matter of will the Bellas come back out on top because of mm -hmm. this, that, and the other thing. I mean, it's like reading all, any of those formulaic romance novels. You know, mm -hmm. something. Of course, it never something. stops you from trying. No, I'm still gonna read them, but right. and, and enjoy them. But but, I'm, but yeah, so it's I'll still watch it to enjoy it, but it's mm -hmm. not something that it's gonna be. I'll talk a lot about. Mm -hmm. I I think I've watched Pitch Perfect only insofar as I've caught like uh, collections on YouTube. Of the various performances over the three movies, that's that's how I've watched Pitch Perfect. I've watched yeah, that's the everybody singing, and and I love that stuff. I really do. Movies. Yeah, but again, like I was just mentioning, it. Yeah, I, I feel like these movies are a vehicle for something. There's no cohesive story. There's no character development. There's none of this stuff that's going to draw you into a complete package movie. You know, like Princess Bride, or you know, even Gone with the Wind, one of the classics. There's there's a whole thing that brings you in, and, and you you you're going to get something out of the whole experience. There are movies that exist simply to create one scene and bring that scene to you. As I was saying, with Revenge of the Sith, I think the entire movie, the only reason the movie existed was to set up the, the, the Obi-Wan Anakin fight at the end. That's it. I mean, you, if you, if you take that particular fight out, the rest of the movie huh. just kind of starts falling apart because yeah. there's no reason for it. Hi, Tyler. Tyler just came in and says hi to everybody. Hello, Tyler. <laughs> he, he was like whispering. He was like, podcast. I'm like, so, <laughs> so he was very respectful in regards to, in regards to You blew everything. it by talking about it so much. Come on. <laughs> the kid's trying to be stealth, and you're sitting there going, yeah, well, he can't even start talking about it. No, he was on his way out at that point. He was just uh, like, I see. tell everybody I said hi. Well, Chris, so, you mean you missed Gone with hi. the Wind too? He does give a damn. <laughs> wow! That's awesome. Yeah. See, Billy, uh, I'm just a pretty face. When I don't know what else to say. That's phenomenal. Oh my god, that was awesome. We need that these days, though. Oh, seriously, yeah. <laughs> I mentioned Bring before the, the break that, Bring the funny. that maybe they aren't the worst movies, worst sequels ever, but they're disappointing and that I'd hope for more. And the one I always think of is Spider-Man 3. 
where uh-huh. the first two with Tobey Maguire were really good movies. Okay. And yeah. The second one, I think, is an excellent movie, the Dr. Octopus run. Yeah, two was a phenomenal. Yeah, Spider Man two was just Spider-Man a phenomenal and movie. Thomas Hayden Maguire. Church looks really good as the Sandman, but then there's emo Peter mm-hmm. Parker dancing, and and oh, and God, the rest of the movie horrible. was just, horrifying. It maybe wasn't terrible, but it didn't satisfy me. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading one of the critic reviews. It says, if ever a movie had... Oops, I lost it. Oh no, she lost her place. I'll at least do the the first sentence. If ever a movie had a case of the blues and the blahs, it's Spider-Man 3. A sequel that is fizzled rather than fizzy. Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Critics-wise? 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Interesting. Wow. Um, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes, 63%. Metacritic huh. was 59 IMDb is 6.2. Compared to Spider-Man 2, hmm. Rotten Tomatoes is 93%. Hmm. And Spider-Man... No, emo Spider... Emo Peter Parker blew it for me on that, that one. one. Oh, yeah, Spider-Man, it was kind of weird. Fictional uh, character. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> oh, Spider-Man Spider Man one. Um that one got ninety. So so Spider Man. And I, I didn't that I didn't like the, the reboots, one. the Andrew Garfield t- ones. I don't know if they're sequels. If you know, the second one is obviously a sequel of the the second one Amazing Spider Man two, the one that was partly yeah. filmed here in Rochester. It's a sequel of the first one. What what was what I, about I the Andrew Garfield Spider Man movies did you not like? What was it that turned you off? He's too good looking. Really? You know, well, yeah, there's I'm, that. I'm gonna, <laughs> uh, take him for the bullied nerd. You know when he looks like he could beat Flash Thompson's mm-hmm. ass. And the fact that one of my pet peeves in superhero There's movies, that. and we talked about it, stop telling people your secret identity. By the by, the end of that one, everyone short of Electro knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man. And I hate that. It's just a personal pet peeve, and it's a silly one, but... So Robert no, Downey Jr. He did. is Tony Stark. Like, I think in the, if I'm not mistaken, in the comics, it was... <laughs> known he was Iron Man, right? Well, in the comics, he um, he he held on to the whole it's a bodyguard in a suit or it's an automated system for a while, but yeah, eventually he just came right out and yeah. people all knew it was him. Whereas, and, and like he in the care. first the, Batman uh, movie, which is and... excellent, Alfred tells uh, Vicky Vale, Kim Basinger, that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Where's it? Alfred should have been fired immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously, that's not an Alfred thing to do. It, it, it just annoys me. In fact, I th- uh-huh. I'm, there's a comedian that does a whole bit about that. I think maybe Albert Brooks about uh, Alfred telling Vicky Val that Bruce Wayne is Batman. So it's... So I didn't like the Spider-Man 3 was my whole point of that. <laughs> Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, I know, and, and I think it would have been yeah. an okay. I don't think it would have been a stunning movie. It would have been an okay movie if they just didn't do the whole. Yeah, it would have been emo Cat, Peter like, Parker. They, they could have done it movies, differently. I didn't you like know, Captain Marvel, been, but I'm not gonna say it's one of the worst movies I ever saw. It was just there, and okay, it was. It was fun for a couple hours, maybe. Mm-hmm. and that's what Spider-Man Three would have been without emo Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Tanya, do you have another candidate for our discussion? Um, let's see. Well, I thought the first one was bad, so the the second one would probably be just as bad. Universal Soldier: The Return. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you. That was one of those just kind of like just slap them together, make an action movie, give it a premise. Jean Claude Van Damme gets to beat up Dolph Lundgren. Okay, that's plausible. So, I mean, (laughs) Universal Soldier is one of those ones that kind of like Rambo Last Blood that I watched it through my fingers Mm -hmm. um, uh, on late April night when Randy and I were dating when my parents were out and we happened to be checking on the house. in, Mm -hmm. in In my parents' house. And then he went home and left me in Avon by myself. Oh, after watching this and it's in the country and now i'm completely alone. now granted i was like 21 22 something like that but it's still <laughs> living uh, in the country after watching this like action sci-fi universal soldier movie that i, was, like, I couldn't sleep for a while so, <laughs> yeah so that's, I think, why I kind of turn off on those. So, yeah, I haven't seen Universal Soldier The Return, but I'm guessing that was probably about as bad as the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is is you get these movies that when you get to the end of them, they're fairly wrapped up. So coming out with a sequel saying, oh, here, 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 let's dip back in there. How? These, the, this, the story was done. Why are we going back to, how is this a possibility? You know, like with, with the, the premise behind, you know, Weekend at Bernie's 2, for instance. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I understand that the movies are supposed to be for a certain level of um, you know, suspension of disbelief. You know, we don't go to the we don't go to movies for realism unless we're watching a documentary. You know, but but come on, I mean, don't don't stretch the 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 the, the I mean, our, our imaginations out so far that that the breaks like a rubber band. Well, I wouldn't even have known what the premise of the first one is. So now I'm reading the second one. It says, after being brought back from the dead as a genetically enhanced warrior, mm-hmm. Luke Devereaux is now fully human and working with a science scientist, Dylan Kotner, to create a newer, safer breed of fighters. When the project loses its funding, his supercomputer, the sentient Seth, is scheduled to be turned off. Alarmed, Seth takes over a human body to defend itself. To prevent the machine from destroying mankind, Luke must fight back. And that was in 1999. Probably. Yeah, I um, thought that was on table. Goodbye. Hi, Tanya's kid. I'm on a podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, too. <laughs> okay, finish it. Was that um, the younger one? That's the younger one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then there was even another... Universal Soldier movie, um, Day of Reckoning. They, 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 and they've got um, Universal Soldier 3, Unfinished Business. 
Oh, uh, that was a 1998 television sci-fi fiction film. Um, they had Universal Soldier Regeneration. Um, so somebody likes the movies. And they just keep making them. And what that, the hell? That was in 2009. And then there was oh Universal Soldier 4, which is Day of Reckoning. Now, mm. granted, that one got 56 on the Rotten Tomatoes. The regeneration, I can't tell what it got. But um Universal Soldier the Return got five percent. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's definitely a group that likes this type of movie. I don't see it myself. So what is Yeah, it? it's, I'm, I'm sure there's people just want to see Guns and shooting and action and guns and guns and explosions. Which I'm all for some guns. If you got no decent script and Mm -hmm. decent cast, I I mean, just yesterday or two days ago, watched a movie. It wasn't great, but it was fun enough. Did you guys see Twenty One Bridges with Chadwick Boseman? No, I, no, I haven't even heard fun. about it. You know, we were just looking for something brainless, but the acting was good enough to mm-hmm. to carry it. Okay, good. And there's those, but then, like you said, there's Universal Soldier Five Electric Boogaloo, where it's pretty unnecessary. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, but that's the standard. And you you hear it all the time now when somebody says yeah, something something I'm too. Sorry for the hack it's joke. almost naturally they're going to say electric boogaloo. You know, it's, it's like that. Oh, it was terrible, I but it was fun. I should have just stuck with no, uh, we're not with the wind too, and no, Mike mad. dropped and left the room. <laughs> just left the room. <laughs> he <man>. gave a damn. <laughs> funny too funny um who's up dan you got another one mannequin two on the move what was it again mannequin Mannequin two two. oh mannequin two oh wow mannequin two you dug deep into the archives i'm not around kim cattrall kim cattrall no that was um kim cattrall no it was uh christy swanson was the mannequin in that one oh wow the original Although movie. Jason works as a department store clerk, he's also a reincarnated like prince. <laughs> Long ago, his beloved Jesse <laughs> was snatched away from him by an evil wizard who used his powers to transform into a, her into a wooden statue. So I'm assuming Terry Kaiser plays a lot of bad guys. He looked like a He was kind of known for that. It was his thing. It was his idiom. Yeah, he like looking at his picture. He so looks like he would be in like The Godfather. Yeah, yes, that was kind well, of a thing. He was a, he, was, a, he yes. was Bernie in Weekend of Bernies. Right. Okay, so he was um he so <laughs> him he was in Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. Well, they had answered the questions <laughs> left over from six. Wow, he's good stuff there. Yeah. Uh, of course. <laughs> Tammy and the T-Rex. 
Uh, let's see what else is he in. See, Surf Two. No, a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. His roles are uh-huh. delicious. Is he still alive, Terry been... Kaiser? He's eighty. Yes. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> yeah, he's got a couple of movies in pre-production and bleed. Yeah. All right, so the man's still turning yeah. him out. It'd be interesting to see if they ever try uh, Weekend at Bernie's Three. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> the resurrection. I'd say he wouldn't survive it, but I guess it wouldn't matter then, would it? <laughs> now, are, did any of you ever see Staying Alive? Okay. It was the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. No. Sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Oh, okay. Saturday Night Fever. I, I never a saw great, Saturday Night Fever, so I didn't mistaken, go out of my way to see the best sequel. Picture, or at least nominated, but Staying Alive, he winds up a dancer in a Broadway show, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, hold on. And it's the acting's bad, the script is bad. Interesting. And it's a completely forgettable movie. Mm-hmm. Huh. And for some reason, I always confuse it with... That's why I don't remember it, I guess. (laughs) Makes it easier that way. In the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Mm. one, the aerobics. The aerobics one. Oh, my God. I um, have seen that in the whole um, mashup of um, Footloose and... um, Yeah. And Safety Dance. Yeah, that he's been um, in the aerobics class. (laughs) Um, i remember the premise of that one being just so weak um saturday night fever had a lot of um nominations like um he was uh john travolta was nominated for an academy award for best actor but he didn't get it um the wins were um the national board of review um gave him best actor for the role and then um, the Golden Screen Award. Oh, Staying Alive was directed by mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone. To the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which the first Rocky was it really? Was, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I did wow. not know that. I think he wrote it and starred. I now I I am doubting he my the movie. My recollection of him directing. Okay. Because he wrote it, but. Huh. Well, the, the actress that was in there, the Fiona, I can't remember, Fiona, Finola no. Hughes, she uh, was on the soap opera Days of Our Lives for years. She was also in General Hospital, if I remember correctly. Oh, was it General Hospital? Hmm. Yeah, General Hospital. I'm sad that I know that, but you looked you have it up. It. I saw you Google. That's information that exists out there now that Chris knew that. Oh, General Hospital. All my children. Yeah, there you go. I think she's been on a lot of them. She, um, she's There's quite the actress. She's, she's actually kind of. Uh, I've seen her in a lot of things, and, um, and here I am not helping my case at all in this one. But she also played the mom of the Hallowell sisters in Charmed. Charmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say. Yeah, it was all my children in General Hospital. I thought it was Days of Our mm-hmm. Lives, but. Yeah, I remember. I've seen her in a lot of things. She's she's a good character actress. She really mm-hmm. has been in been around for a while, and a very sweet and funny lady. I've seen her in several interviews because there was a there was a time when I was a stay at home dad and I watched a lot of daytime TV. It happened. I admit it. Not afraid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there you she, have it. She reminds me a little bit of uh, Marina Sirtis a little bit. 
Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. That would work. That's a thing. All right. So, where are we? What are, are we? Are we back to another bad sequel? Back to another bad sequel. All right. I'm going to throw one in, um, and and I'm going to modify the catchphrase of the the series of movies, and I'm going to say there should have been only one. <laughs> Highlander. Highlander. The first Highlander movie, I loved it it was so freaking classic cool. it's classic it's just amazing that it's was just, the it's... one that i thought about earlier this mm-hmm. week that, mm-hmm. that that yeah i remember and and billy uh you know you have very very few if if only the one movie that you've ever walked out on um this is one of only two that I have ever walked out on, uh, where we get to Highlander Two, and we were so excited when they made Highlander Two. They were talking mm-hmm. about it, and we we're like, "Oh my God, Highlander Two! This is going to be." I mean, first of all, we couldn't figure out what the premise was going to be because he won; he was the final immortal. Was this, mm-hmm. you know, so how is this going to happen? How's this going to work? So we had to go see it, and I remember the, oh. the whole, the whole opening. I remember back when we were on the planet Zeist. We all got up and walked out. Right there, when five minutes into the movie, we got up and walked out. We watched the trailers, which there were not twenty minutes of trailers back then. Um, but we watched, and as soon as it happened, we got up and we walked out. We're like, no, no, this is this is all wrong. This is going to be over now, right now. But yeah, and then they went on and made Highlander three, which was all right, and then Highlander four, which was what the hell, and and there's even a Highlander five, which went direct to video. Uh, and was basically like, you know how Generations was for Next Generation cast of Star Trek as, you know, it, it's the same thing. So it was the, the Highlander TV series got their Generations movie in Highlander 5 Endgame. And I was like, wow, okay, no. And, and um, <laughs> then they had Highlander the series. Yes. And you know what? To be, to be fair, Highlander the series, which had a different McLeod. All right, and every so often Christopher Lambert would show up, and and he you know and he and his uh, and the, the the star Adrian Paul of the series they were cousins. Uh, that's how they passed that off, right? Um, the series itself was actually pretty decent. The first season was pretty, eh, but it did get into an interesting storyline uh, and did have some interesting characters come up, come and go, and some interesting development and whatnot. So I, it was it was not bad. The series. I'd, I'd kind of been like, all right, so it's kind of like a thing based on the thing more than anything else. There were uh, six Highlander movies. Six wow. of them? Six. Wow. Um, Highlander 2, The Quickening. Highlander 3, The Sorcerer. Highlander Endgame. That was the fourth okay. one. Okay. Highlander, The Search for Vengeance is the fifth one. And Highlander, The Source was the sixth one. Re- okay, so, wow. so I was wrong then. So Because the, the, the TV series cast... Were I thought they were in Endgame, so he had the so Duncan McLeod and his TV team had the the back three, so the, the top three were Christopher Lambert, and mm-hmm. then the other three were Adrian Paul. Okay, I've learned something new. Still don't like it, but there you have it. <laughs> you know, I feel like the doctor just said, "Oh, you redecorated." Don't like it. Okay. Well, Christopher <laughs> Lambert was still in Endgame, though. Was he really? Yeah. Wow. How does that work? They they gave him a good paycheck. Well, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Duncan McLeod and Christopher was Connor McLeod. Right. Interesting. Let's see. Uh, allegedly, this is the pulse pounding final chapter as one last battle is waged among Earth's immortals, and the fate of mankind rests in the balance. The 
Time is the year 2000, and by now Kel has become the most invincible immortal ever, amassing the supernatural strength of the 600 immortals, immortals that he has killed over the centuries. Kel is ready to win the game at any cost, and the only hmm. thing that stands in his way is the continued existence of Duncan and Connor McLeod. I did see that that climax scene where basically Connor... Here's spoilers... Uh, Connor sacrifices himself so that Duncan can have his power, and then Duncan goes on uh, to defeat the uh, the bad guy because he's got the you know the the power of his cousin within him as well. And I it was like, okay, stop, please, dear God, stop. Mm. Oh man. Yeah. So yes, there's six of them. So. Wow. Okay. But it looked like like the next one looks like more like anime. Not a live action film. Oh yeah, it's animation action. It's not um it it's a different right, it's not live action. So Highlander the so Highlander Endgame is the la- last of the um uh, live action type thing, but um the search for <laughs> vengeance and the source are both um like nope, even the source is um, live action. So just yeah. the the search for vengeance is animation. And I'm telling you, these titles. <laughs> the search for vengeance. And uh, I tell you, the Adrian Paul's in this one. So I wouldn't mind meeting him. He seems pretty cool. What else has he been in? Adrian Paul. Not a lot. I know he's he, he's done a few things, but I wouldn't call him prolific by any stretch. Yeah, I of the think one of the reasons we're sort of having he's trouble coming up with dude. bad sequels is that we tend not to go to bad movies. Yeah, we're very selective. I've had a, I've developed kind of a good sixth sense about that sort of thing. I can watch a trailer and go, eh, no. Right. <laughs> and, and I think that's that's part of the thing. That... Uh-huh. Especially right, it sounds nowadays. so snobby of me to say something like that, but still, I mean, you know, as a consumer, you want to be careful of that sort of thing. Plus, there's a lot of them, like horror movies and stuff like that, which I don't get into those. Yeah, I mean, that's that the thing. I mean, you bring in horror movies, you get tons and tons of them. Right. To see a bad movie as yeah. per you know weekend of Bernie's too, but you know nowadays as I as I look through various mm-hmm. lists, well I didn't see any of these movies. I didn't go see The Mask or no, I, I, maybe Wayne's World. I really liked the first one. Wayne's World two, not so much, but I wouldn't call it see, you know one the of the mask, worst movies not... of all time. Yeah. No. Okay. That's no, fair. They kept that up. It was pretty good. All right. I tell you what. Let's let's wrap this up with a sequel we all like. Is Empire there a sequel Strikes out back? there that? What's that? Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Well, we talked about that one. That's a gimme. We've already we've already mentioned that one. Well, I mean, I, I tell, tell me tell me let's let's find a, a sequel that we really no, liked. Back to the Future Two gets crapped on, but I think. The whole third oh. act is there pretty clever. Mm-hmm. It was 
They, they putting all three of those together, I thought was it was great. I I loved those movies all together. I mean, mm-hmm. they did a great job of time. I mean, it was kind of you know they kind of pushed it for to a little bit, but I I had no problem with it. And with three coming along, and it just tied it all in a nice little package. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm with you on that one. That's cool. That we'll take that one. I mean, Terminator uh, Two. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Other ones. Jeez. Um. <laughs> Aliens. That was a great movie. Terminator 2 was good. <clears throat> um, aliens. I'm going to say um, Hunger Games. I liked the second Hunger Games movie. I thought it was really interesting how they brought in different uh, different characters, different personalities, a whole different kind of a, a setup to it and, it. and it set up the third movie, obviously. And those are different because they come from books. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of was leaving out like movies from books because they already have a story there. Which is fair. For the most part. I mean, some of them, the movies haven't you know, didn't go well into, from books, but yeah. um, but something like The Hunger Games or Lord of the Rings, where they, you know, the stuff that they already have, the, the material. Chronicles of Narnia tr- said that they didn't go very far with that. Yeah. yeah. Those were, I think, very underrated I mean, movies. The Wrath of Khan. Definitely. Is, I think they just came out at the wrong time and... Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. Star Trek Two, absolutely mm-hmm. Star Trek Two, great movie, great freaking movie. Mm-hmm. I'll even you know, uh, well, maybe not Star Trek Into Darkness, but Star Trek Beyond of the re- of the JJ verse reboots. I thought that was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are sequels out there that are definitely worth taking into. Definitely. So it depends on how. If, if they continue the story versus they're just trying to make a buck. And you can really yeah, tell. That's definitely something you can tell. You know, if you bring in Kindergarten Cop 2, <laughs> you know, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't work. But, you know, if there was, you know, but you got your Star Trek 2, you know, but it's, you make a good story. Mm-hmm. You're not just, you're not just rehashing the first one with the different people or something. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Would we consider the MCU sequels of itself? They were looking at um, first the Avengers, Captain for sure. America: Civil War was for a better sure. sequ- was better than Captain America: The First Avenger. Mm-hmm. But they also, for a lot of the, the the Marvel ones, especially, they learned a lot in the earlier ones, and they build on it. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like like Thor, the first, the second, you know, sec- Thor Ragnarok the- was better than Thor. Yeah, I mean, they had different. Well, Thor: The Dark World was definitely a weak movie. Thor, Thor itself, the first one, I think, is an underrated movie. I, mean, I, I, I really enjoyed that one a lot. I think mm-hmm. I've talked about that in the past. I mean, I was just wondering if and, uh, yeah, like Winter Dark Knight was better than Batman Begins. Civil War was just and, amazing. And won an Oscar mm-hmm. with. Uh, um, Heath Ledger, thank you. I could think it was Joaquin Phoenix. I go, no, he didn't win. Yeah, Heath Ledger. Yeah, I think the Dark Knight movie was yeah. amazing. The Dark mm-hmm. Knight movie was insane, and it was all Heath. It really was. I and mean, Christian Bale was definitely good. He was supporting. The have the, Batman was the supporting character in that movie. Well, it is because the villains are the colorful ones, and Batman's just sort of, he's, you know, the Dark Knight, and he's dark. You know, mm-hmm. the villains are the colorful parts of the Batman story. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you, and yeah, I, I can definitely see that. That's amazing. That's a good one. Good call. 
All right. Well, I think we can wrap through that section. That's uh, There's a lot out there, and we can probably talk about mm-hmm. this at length. So, my dear listener, if there is a sequel that you can think of that we have not talked about, obviously drop that on the on the post thread there on our Facebook, and we'll be happy to, or on our Twitter, and, uh, and we'll be happy to discuss that with you. Um, so, for that, let's go ahead and take another quick break, and when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, whatever happens to be on the top of our heads, and then we'll jump into our question of the week. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is so wonderful to be here with you, even though we're in like isolation and we're remote and we're not with you at the moment in, in person, but we can be with you in spirit. So that's kind of fun. Um, I'm getting the, and in Facebook memories, I've been getting the uh, the countdowns to FC3, the first one in 2016. I got one of those too. Yeah, it is so cool. We're coming up on our on our fourth birthday, you know. So that's that's kind of wild. I'm trying to enjoy that, you know. And and then we're gonna we're gonna fly our fifth show in September. I'm looking forward. Hopefully, if all goes well, we get September 19th and 20th. Yep. And um, we forgot that we had a guest announcement. (gasps) <gasps> we had oh. a guest and yeah i did blow that didn't i, I was supposed to do that during nerd world news uh, last night i i missed that I thought, one i i thought about that this morning like, oh, so let's re- so let's recap that let's recap this real quick because we have jason font is still going to be joining us the red power ranger from from power rangers time force who we have done a podcast with yeah, yes. He very, very graciously joined us for uh, for an interview, and I thought that was fantastic. I'd like to take a moment to reiterate the fact that I may not have been a huge Power Rangers fan, but every Power Rangers actor I've ever met has just been so capital. They have absolutely awesome. love them. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we have Jason Fount. We have voice actor Mike McFarland. Uh, and who else? Do we have anybody else right now that we have not, that we have announced that I'm missing? No. Okay, so we're going to be getting a new literary uh, guest somewhere along the line, right. and mm-hmm. and, uh, and and unfortunately Mick Foley was not able to join us because of a scheduling conflict due to the, the change. All right, so, so that's all said and done. But now, uh, alongside with Mike McFarland, we have another voice actor. Am I correct, Tanya? Yes. Voice Bring it on. Bring it. Oh crap! I don't have anything up. But Tiffany Vollmer. Tiffany Vollmer, and now she and Mike have worked together. Am I correct in that one? They're, they've been in, they've been in series together, so they they're a pretty good team. Yeah, they're both in Dragon Ball Z. Okay, I, I assume that she's at the same time as him. Yep. I don't know how. I don't. I've never seen it, so I don't know. Very good. Yes, hold on. Let me pull this up right now. Ah. Let's see. It's on our website right now, too. Yay! It's live on fc3roc.com. I should probably post it on our page, too. It's a possibility. I would do it tomorrow at this point. Yeah. I would do it tomorrow. Why don't I do it tomorrow? Uh, You know what? Do it Thursday. Okay. Because I want to encourage people to listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So so when you post the podcast, go, by the way, podcast, this is what we're talking about. Oh, and we have a guest announcement in the third segment. So so So, 
Tiffany uh, did, was the voice of Bulma in Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Um, along with other parts on the series, um, she was on Dragon the voice of Bulma on Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball GT, including several movies and video games for nearly a decade. Oh wow! Um, other credits including uh, include voicing the song on the opening and closing credits of Yu Yu Hakusho. And okay. role of Betsy on Case Closed. Um, so she's been at Funimation. Uh-huh. Um, she's been in front and behind the scenes. So she's worked on production and produced her first film, Placebo, with her business partner, Tracy Terrell. So, Very um, cool. I'm looking forward to meeting her in September. Yes. That's cool. So, and that's all going to be on our site. So her and Mike McFarland will be coming together okay. in September to join us at the Total Sports Experience. In Gates. <laughs> Very cool. So instead mm-hmm. of having events that we usually talk about at this point, we had a guest announcement. That's so cool. I enjoy the guest announcements. At, on the podcast. Now, when can I start talking about Harrison Ford? No. You can talk about him, but he's oh, not coming I've, to the convention. <laughs> you can talk about him all you want. <laughs> he, he would not come to our convention anyway. Dan is going to have a heart attack one of these days. When, uh, <laughs> someone's like, you promised us such and such, and da 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 And, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'd have a heart attack if Harrison Ford actually showed up to the convention. <laughs> No, my my my, my last name is Harris, and he could drive a Ford. And just there you go. There you see, there we go. Son's Ford. Well, he doesn't have a son, so he has a Tanya. Yep, he has a daughter. Grandson. Yeah, Harris's Harris's grandson driving a Ford. Yeah. If you say it fast enough, then maybe it sounds. Turn your head at just the right moment. Yeah. <laughs> this is us when we're reaching. We're <laughs> reaching. So, Dan. Dan. So, Chris. Do you have Dan's legendary list of questions? Why, yes. Yes, I do have Dan's legendary list of questions. That's amazing, Dan. Dan, I would like you to pick a number between 0 and 200. No, I want one of you guys to pick a number. Between zero, one and 315. All right, 222. Oh, I think I actually okay. did that nope. one. Did you do that? I think you did. No, you did do that nope. one. Nope. Yep, never okay. mind then. What do you do when you hear something fall in the middle of the night while you are in bed? Oh, wow. I have two answers for that one. Because there was a time in my life where I would panic blindly, like sit up bolt upright and go bonkers and be like, oh my God, oh my God, what the hell just happened? But oh. nowadays I'm like, oh, if they're going to come kill me, please, please just do me a favor. <laughs> well, yeah, there, yeah. Along with Chris, the same thing is I would be like, wake up in a panic trying to, to figure like, like, oh my God, is someone breaking in and things like that. Nowadays with sleeping with a fan on, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily hear as many things that go quote unquote bump in the night. Right. Um, but like the one thing that I can hear fall is something usually in our bathroom, which is attached to our bedroom. Okay. Something, yeah. Your master bath. 
yeah, something will fall off of the um, shower wall, like one of the squeegee, like the squeegee thing. Mm -hmm. I can recognize the the sound of that plastic handle hitting the bottom of the bathtub. (laughs) So now I can at least identify what that noise is, but um, I don't necessarily hear a ton of noise at night. Now, Randy, on the other hand, Mm -hmm. he's a light sleeper. If he hears any noise that's not necessarily one of the boys, he says his eyes like open and then he's like, trying to to pinpoint it to see does he have to go to and get anything or not right (laughs) right yeah no nowadays i'm a lot more like yeah whatever (laughs) i'll tell you i used to be one of the deepest sleepers i ever knew because and dan you know in my childhood home where i grew up where my room was Mm -hmm. right up front overlooking the street and there's a fire hydrant in front of the house Okay, so in the summer between my freshman and sophomore years of college, I was home. Beautiful summer night. All the windows in the house are open. Um, there, But then there's a car fire down the street, and fire engines are showing up, and the police are showing up, and the neighbors are all out about talking to each other. I didn't know about it until the next morning. <laughs> right? That was I, I had a night like that in college, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, and But nowadays... I mean, oh, man, I, I actually remember the night that I became an, a light sleeper. I remember it. I was actually, it was my senior year. I was an RA in college, and um, I was I was on desk duty, and it was a thunderstorm outside. Okay, so that's all going on. You know, Mother Nature's rage is just in, in full effect, just having a party, and I'm, like, just taking it all in, whatever. But at 2 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, I'm doing my final rounds before I go to bed, and it's all quiet. The whole place is just dead quiet. I'm like, okay, so it's quiet. And I, I lay down and I get all tucked in. And I'm like, all right, uh, uh, you know, I'll see you guys Saturday afternoon. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sleep in. And then the biggest, loudest, most thunderous crack of thunder I had ever heard rips through the building. I mean, at, well, I lived on this. I was on the, the second floor of this particular dorm. I thought I could have sworn my first impression of the third floor of the dorm just got ripped off. That's wow. how loud it was, right? And I sat bolt upright and just stared at the ceiling for a second. And then I hear another crack of thunder. And and I'm, I, I remember getting out of bed, walking out the door, looking around, going, what the hell? Everything's still quiet. Nobody's screaming. You know, the fire alarms are not ringing. And, and, then I, and, I like, and then I try to go back to bed. And another one, just as I'm fading off, another one. That was it. I couldn't, I was never a deep sleeper ever again. <laughs> it was just, wow. oh God, it was horrible. I couldn't do it. Traumatized by the Traumatized the by a thunderstorm. Oh, I, I tell you, I, it's one thing that, like, growing up as a, um, as a child in the house in Avon, um, my bedroom was on the second floor. My parents had their room on the first floor. And I had five windows in my room before they um, put a addition on over the kitchen to change the roof. Mm-hmm. Line. So when and then I went from five windows to three windows. <gasps> no. Well, yeah. Well, but travesties. But there's huge maple trees and everything all outside the house. And granted, mm-hmm. it's in the country, things like that thunderstorms in the middle of the night would terrify me mm-hmm. because it truly was like cracking like right above my head and then all of a sudden it's like what would you do in the middle of the night if you heard something whatever I, all of a sudden it's like 
feet running down the stairs <laughs> and jumping onto my parents' bed and crawling in with them. And they're like, it's just a thunderstorm. It's just the thunderstorm. They didn't understand until I moved out of the house and they moved their room up to my old room. Okay. Now that now they understand. Now they now now they get it. Because they didn't realize because they were kind of insulated and protected being on the first right. floor. Right. And they didn't realize that like a crack of thunder on the second floor right outside the window mm-hmm. and there's there's big trees and um wires telephone wires that go right to the house right outside that room. Hmm. Yeah. It's like it, it definitely terrified me in the middle of the night. So Amazing. I would jump up and go running down the stairs at full tilt. Okay, I Billy, have how a about story. you, Ben? Um, my, my, uh, I All didn't stories. like this one. My house has been broken into twice. I'm sorry. Nah, I, I, I knew you guys right, right the, the last that. time it happened, like five years ago, when I was living just a few blocks from you, where you live now, Chris. What? what yeah. It, so that house got broken into one afternoon while Susan and I weren't home. But about, gee, I think it was like 1997, 1998, I was still working in a factory and I had literally just bought that house like a month or two earlier. Um, it was Good Friday. So Thursday night, I'd stayed up mm-hmm. late to watch TV because I could and went to bed. And like 1, one thirty on Good Friday, I'm sleeping. And all of a sudden, I hear someone coming up the stairs. Like I could hear the stairs creaking. I could hear footsteps on the stairs. And back then, it was just me and one cat. And I'm a light sleeper. And I I bolted, like sat upright. I go, hello, hello, who's there? And heard him just run down the stairs and out the front door. But I I was sweating like crazy. I, I was terrified. And it. That would so, that would do me too, man. That's ser- seriously, mm-hmm. I would not. I would not be like, oh, yeah. Billy Badass for that shit. I'd be it, scared it took me a second. Mind. I got up and I started, I, I went down the stairs. Front door was open, um, you know, wide open, and went into. And he he only took two things. I'll tell you what those were in just a second, and you'll laugh maybe. Okay. But he only wound up with two things. When I went into my living room, he had disconnected the stereo. The window was open. Uh huh. There was an open window, and also I had a like a, a sliding door that led out into the backyard. That's how I got. It. He he sliced the the um, the netting, and then jimmied the lock on the uh, the door and slid the door open. I back then I wasn't smart enough to have like a broomstick or something to keep that door from opening. So right. he jimmied the lock, open, came in, started disconnecting stuff. But back then it was pre or maybe just as the flat screen TVs were showing up, I didn't have one. I had the world's heaviest television. So you didn't wind up with that. <laughs> You'd had the stereo disconnected, but hadn't done anything with it and had a couple things sort of scattered, yeah, but didn't take anything. Now I called the police who came to, mm-hmm. the, they never found them. Uh, but the only things he wound up with were a flip phone that I had and I had mm-hmm. this really cool Spider-Man jacket that Weez had given me oh, uh, back when the Spider-Man cartoon was on Fox. And Fox had this piece of promotional right. clothing, gave it to Weez, Weez gave it to me. And I love that jacket. So I used to like look for people going down the street wearing that jacket because 
<laughs> but oh, yeah, I mean, that was scary. I, I, you know, I called the police. I, I made sure my cat didn't get out because I only had Geraldine at the time. She hid. She was under you know, uh-huh. a piece of furniture, luckily, because I didn't want to close anything or touch right. anything till the police showed up. And they took fingerprints yeah. and stuff, but they never found anybody. But that's why I, I, I yelled and the guy ran down the stairs. And ever since then, I, I wonder why he was coming up the stairs. And I was wondering, maybe he was looking for like a laundry basket to put stuff in. Or I, I don't know why mm-hmm. he came upstairs. I mean, and it may have even looked like... Well, somebody who broke into my house one time ganked my backpack and they just dumped all of the contents out. And then use that yeah. to. I, I think the house. maybe whoever it was thought no one was home because the lady who'd owned the house before Fair. me. Now I used to live in just the upstairs of that house, and she lived downstairs, so there okay. was always a car in her her driveway. And then she moved out, and there's no car because I don't drive. So maybe he just thought the house right didn't have anyone in it at the time that the person went away on vacation or whatever, and was coming huh. upstairs and. When I heard the the stairs, man, did I break out into like my heart was racing. Like I'll still remember how my heart was racing for that. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, you'll yeah. you'll remember and that luckily, for a long time to come. He, he didn't That's trash just... the house. I I had to have the screen replaced in my my back sliding door. But other than that, I got lucky that time. Mm-hmm. Unlike the last time, like five years ago, when they basically stole our life. <laughs> so. Oh, While we were at a Comic Con in Buffalo, strangely enough. Huh. Exactly. Those darn Buffalo yeah, Comic Cons. Exactly. Yeah, stay with the Rochester ones. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> uh... So if someone breaks in my house, I'm gonna cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you a fun memory of being a light sleeper though. Um there, there was a point in time uh, in between college and, and marriage life where I lived with Dan, right? And we had a townhouse in Arundaquite. And uh, it was a great place. We had, a, we had such a fun time. But I remember at night, it, like usually one o'clock in the morning, I would wake up for whatever reason and I'd be laying there staring at the ceiling, just kind of getting myself relaxed to go back to sleep. And, and I would know he was up. Because I could munch, 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 munch. Because this this guy would sit there. He would sit in bed reading all night long, eating a box of Cheerios. He always had a box of Cheerios right next to it. Do you still do that? Not in bed, no. <laughs> I really, I, I really don't have a box of Cheerios in bed. <laughs> oh man, it would be it would be it would be comforting. It'd be like, okay, my best friend's in the house. Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> There's just consistent. Everything is good in the world. He's in the house and he has Cheerios. It's all good. How many Cheerios did you find in bed? <laughs> never I was really pretty good at. Yeah, he never let I, me go to waste. I love my Cheerios. I still do. <laughs> I think about you every time I buy Cheerios at the at the store too. <laughs> this is definitely a Dan thing. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, well that's fun. Good. See, we'll end it at a light note there. Yeah. So, all right, my friends, we'll call a wrap all on right. that one. That sounds like a good good place to end the the evening on. And uh, to my friends and family out there listening to what all of our shenanigans here, I wish you well. Can't wait to talk to you guys again next week with the gang. Uh, I hope you have a safe safe weekend uh, and a healthy weekend. And uh, we will talk to you all again soon. So for Dan and for Billy, for Tanya and for myself, I am Chris, and this is. 
Cue the music, baby. FC3's Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, coming at you like a spider monkey, September 19th and 20th of 2020 at the Total Sports Experience in Gates. Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us wherever we go, and we will lead you to where the entertainment is. Take care. Love you. See you soon. Bye. 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 <laughs>